La la la, Lenny Dawson, she refuses to be categorized. Rah, 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 woo. Friends, today for something super special, I wanted to share with you a workshop um, behind the scenes of a multi-millionaire's finances. My right-hand goblin slash assistant team is going to be joining in as well. I'm going to go for a behind-the-scenes look at my finances, and I also am going to answer some questions as well. So if you like to find out about money and shit like that, then come on on and join the show. This will be fun. Okay, bye. All right, let's begin. This is going to be just delicious and divine. This will only just go for an hour because... I've got shit to do, babes. I've got things to do. No, I've got, I've got to take my kids to appointments. So um, we will actually be concise, which is incredible. Um, so let's make magic and miracles happen. All right. So today I'm doing, I'm sharing with you a workshop called Leonie's Money, the full review behind the scenes of a multimillionaire. As always, I want to begin by acknowledging that I live and work and create on the lands of the Gubby Gubby people, who are the traditional and ongoing custodians of the lands and seas where I am. I want to pay my respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. And because we're spread out all across the globe, I want to pay my respects to the traditional custodians and the and their elders of the lands and seas where you are. If you'd like to pop in the comments um, the name of the traditional custodians, of where you are um, that would be really beautiful if you're not sure if you go to native-lands.ca there's a beautiful world map there here in Australia the First Nations people say that it may say that it makes the spirits of the land very happy to hear the traditional name um, plus it's just a really important thing to do so thank you thank you now I want you to imagine like if a multimillionaire like invited you into their office and sat you down, opened up their finances file and showed you everything, like how they made their money, where they invested their money, what made them the most cash, how, how much they donated to charity and how they chose to support, how much their net worth actually was, just everything. No holds barred, real numbers, no vagueness, no smoke and mirrors, just real practical insights. It'd probably be really fucking helpful, right? And probably really bloody inspiring as well. I do not like that there's so much secrecy about money. The only way that we can learn about money is by having these really radically honest conversations with each other. If you think, especially for us as like women and um, and femmes and non-binary folk, like the way we learn is from each other, you know, in terms of all the juicy stuff in life and uh, I don't like that money is like this one thing that we aren't supposed to talk about. Um, that's bullshit because I promise you that the straight white guys out there, they're talking about it and that's how they're learning and um, we need to, to change this paradigm. So imagine if that multimillionaire who invited you into the office to share their figures is not that straight white dude who hustles 24-7. Instead, they're a different kind of millionaire. I am proudly neurodivergent. I only work 10 hours a week. I have mental health challenges. I prioritize family and self-care. I'm a massive swear bear and I'm an artist. So you don't have to imagine because here it is, I'm, and I want to make it wildly accessible for you. 
because for far too long, financial power has been in the hands of a very small minority group, straight white dudes, and they've pretended that money, assets or power, they've prevented that money, assets and power being held by women, the queer community, BIPOC people, people with disabilities and more. And what's more, they've done a really shitty job of using that cash to look after the planet and all their people. So we do need a change. We know statistically that women, LGBTQIA+, BIPOC and people with disabilities use their money in better ways than straight white dudes. They invest in their children, they invest in their local communities, and they donate more money to philanthropy as well. So this little mini workshop is to help you create more abundance and inspire you to see a different, more prosperous future for you and your family, give you the roadmap of exactly how I've done it, show you an example of a multimillionaire creating good in the world. And I really, hand on my heart, may it serve you wholeheartedly. So God, Great Spirit, all that is, what would you have me say? How can I best be of service? to every beautiful soul who is here today. Right. I want you to know, of course, this is not financial advice. I am not a financial advisor. I'm just going to share what I do. And I want to acknowledge that I have enormous amount of unearned privilege in this as well. I am white. I lived in a developed country. I appear cishet. I have invisible disabilities, I am educated, and did not. I did not experience extreme childhood abuse or poverty, and that is unearned privilege. Now, why am I going to be talking about money during this workshop? Because it improves our financial literacy as people. Women, Black, Indigenous, people of colour, marginalised communities have not been allowed financial agency and so for, for millennia, and it's only in very, very recent decades. Um, for many of us, it is, um, you know, our, like, for example, when my husband was born, his mother would not have been allowed legally to get credit cards. Um, they wouldn't have been able to women wouldn't have been able to open a bank account in their own name if they'd been married. That's So we have a huge amount of financial literacy to make up. So I really want to just invest in the solution and show you what is possible. I want to completely say that your money buttons may get pressed during this. That is absolutely normal and okay. You might look at some of my numbers and how much I'm donating and all that kind of stuff. And you may have some judgments and people think, well, I'll do it differently or, well, I don't understand this or, or whatever. Totally understandable, totally fine. And let's just acknowledge that money stuff actually presses buttons um, a lot more than others. And um, I invite you, wherever your money buttons are pressed, to look at what ways you might want to heal that or look at it more or even it might just give you inspiration to do things differently and that's totally groovy and totally okay and I'm happy to be of service in presenting a, an option that you don't want to do totally cool so in this workshop I'm going to be covering my current net worth my current income streams what I'm investing in my current philanthropy my new company structure retirement plans 
what earns me more money than anything else and how I track my money goals as well. So it's kind of like ushering behind you behind those red velvet um, cushions, not cushions. So that would be cute. Curtains. All right, I'm just going to check over that. Um, oh, somebody's got a really good question. Jess says, what's the best way to improve financial literacy easily? It is by talking about it. It's by talking about it and making it like less fearful, like less scary and having like just these conversations are actually a really good way. And doing little things like reading very accessible books about um, money that can be really useful. I also, like I recommend um, The Barefoot Investor by Scott Pape. It is an Australian book. Um, and so some of it is a little bit Australian, but I think his concepts are fucking stellar. Um, and you might also like the, um, like books like FIRE, F-I-R-E, which is Financial Independence, Retire Early. Um, so those kinds of things can be enormously useful. Um, my assistant, my my assistant's assistant, Lacey says, hi, Leonie, I just want you to see that your troll in training is here. That's really that's so sweet of you. <laughs> For those who don't know, uh, Zena, my right-hand girl is here and um, we joke that she's my part-time assistant and my full-time troll uh, and now she's teaching uh, our other stuff, how to be a troll as well. So very, very important. <laughs> All right, let's carry on before I get distracted because I totally do get distracted. And I put the freaking thing, who knows? There, hey oh, proud of me. Okay. All right, let's talk lifestyle first and foremost, because this is the most important part to me. So as a multimillionaire, here's what my lifestyle looks like. Uh, no, I remember like reading this like bropreneur he did like this social media post about like flying at the pointy end of the plane and him being like oh people ask me what it takes to fly at the pointy end of the plane pat the plane you know it's 24 7 hustle uh it means that i barely see my three children it means you know like i've worked 97 hours in the last week hustle like it was just like was like gave me the real ick and also I just thought that's fucking stupid bro like your kids are growing up and you actually only get this once and like pretty soon you're gonna be singing fucking cats in the cradle like and you'll be yeah anyway I won't carry on with my little judgment parade because I have this whole little scenario in my head about this person um but I just want to say like you don't it doesn't mean that. Like, to be able to tell you, you do not have to be like that. For me, I work only 10 hours a week in my company and people are like, oh, that's nice. That's only because you're rich. No, it's it's actually been a choice from the very beginning. Uh, I started my business when I was working for the Australian government and I only had a little bit of time after I finished work to do some to work on my business. I only left that job permanently when I was nine months pregnant with my daughter and I wanted to be a present parent. Um, and, um, you know, I wanted to exclusively breastfeed and all that kind of stuff. And so I worked out a way to, uh, you know, I just carried on with this tradition of only doing 10 hours a week. 
I teach exactly about how I do this, how I built a built a million dollar, a multi-million dollar company uh, in 10 hours a week. But it is absolutely possible. My priority is on my family. Um, I need to update these drawings because I did these ones. And my kids do go to a private school. We were sending them to an alternative school. They kind of folded. So um, they're just at a mainstream school now. It's fucking great. Uh, My husband and I retired from our government jobs to raise our kids together. We were living on two acres on the Sunshine Coast. Um, We're now living on a (laughs) suburban block of the Sunshine Coast because we could not be fucked doing all the mowing anymore and it's great we want to live close to the beach so I'm really happy with that decision we don't buy fancy cars but we do buy a lot of books we still have a budget Uh, we homeschooled the kids for three years they're back in school now but our priority has always been like what is the way that we can be a really connected family together and prioritize our relationships first and foremost so um oh and i can still fly at the pointy end of the plane i just don't have to travel that much anyway only for on holidays um but if we do it's always at the pointy end of the plane i just don't have to behave like a dick in order to do it okay income streams so i have a bunch of different income streams that come through um e-courses so i teach on a whole bunch of topics including about how to work less and earn more and how to 40 days to finish your book, 40 days to create and sell your e-course. I teach about money. I teach about um, selling and marketing without social media because I went off social media for two years and still earned over $2 million. Um, So, yeah, e-courses out the wazoo. I have my goal workbooks, uh, which have been used by over half a million people worldwide. I have my romance novella, um, which is on, it's called Salt, written under my pen name, Lola Lee. Um, I did a stint in a network marketing company a few years ago. I still receive residuals from that. I have spoken about that publicly as well. Um, I get ethical funds dividends. I'll talk more about that. I have cash in a high interest cash account. Um, So I get interest from that. I um, do get some government grants, including the Export Market Development Grant, because I sell so much overseas. Um, the government has like this rebate so that like some of your marketing spend and some of like the st- if you've got staff in a different country, um, then you let all contracts in a different country, um, they will help uh like they'll reimburse you for some of the costs of it so that um you can expand further into those outside markets um it's it's like it's kind of a small amount but it's still part of that income stream puzzle which is totally cool uh we have an investment property which was a long-term rental and now it's been turned into um a family property for some um family members of ours um we i'm an affiliate for some stuff and i also do some live speaking gigs so they're all a part of the income stream puzzle however um this is where i absolutely get the most amount of money so the vast majority of my income is currently from e-courses and that'll change over time but i just want to be real with you like that there's lots of income streams going on the vast majority for me comes from e-courses 
So when you want to look at like adding in more income streams, I just want you to remember it's taken me years to add all those income streams. If you want to create more income streams, I have a program called Money Manifesting Multiple Streams of Income, and it has the 100 Money Making Possibilities Guide in there as well. You just keep adding little ones in, and it's just nice just to have like these extra things coming in, and some of them are just completely passive. Oh, I should say as well, I have like a little red bubble store um, that I earn cash from as well uh, with some of my designs. They're pretty fun. Oh, and I have a little Etsy store as well. I should add some more stuff. Yeah. No, I'm just like, as I'm thinking, I'm like, you've got even more income streams than that. All right. So in terms of where our cash is invested, we um, went through. Um, a, OK, so I'll show you where it was all at, because I thought this was like a really good balanced mix. And this is where I'm aiming at being again. So we had part of it just sitting in cash um, and then we had just under half sitting in property. Part of that was our house and part of that was an investment property. And then we also have managed funds and um, superannuation. So superannuation is retirement funds, what retirement funds are called in Australia, and managed funds. So I will talk to you more about what managed funds are in a second. Let me make sure I've got my little, yeah, it's coming. Um, but basically managed funds are stocks so like shares so we've got managed funds and we've got super and for me it's really important to um, have those in ethical ones so i'll talk more about that as well so that's just the main divvy up of how our investments currently look um where it is now is um i we we made some changes we bought a different house um, that was more expensive. And so I ended up cashing out of our, um, selling our managed funds in order to pay off our mortgage as interest rates rose. So um, now we have superannuation, we have our new home, we convert our investment property to be a partial investment property, and we still have some in cash. I, I want to get back to being here, and I want to have even more in the managed fund section. Um, but this is just where we are in this little transition cycle. So after the 2020 summer bushfires here in Australia, I moved all of our superannuation, like our retirement funds, out of like normal funds and into ethical funds only. So ethical funds are um, they don't invest in mining, gambling, tobacco, guns, human rights abuses, logging, that kind of stuff. Everyone is different, um, but um, I'm really, really happy that I can do that instead. So for, for me to like move into ethical instead, it was so, so easy for me to transfer and set up. It took me literally two, two minutes. I thought it was going to be a fucking massive process. It, I just needed my tax file number. Um, and if you transfer, if you do decide to transfer, I just want to say, make sure you check first on your attached insurances because a lot of people have their um, life insurances set up attached um, and you may have some extra things. So it might be useful to like 
have a look more into the details of it before you make any tricky decisions. So there's a bunch of ethical superannuation options in Australia and worldwide. You just Google ethical managed funds, ethical retirement or ethical index funds, plus your country and you will find it. Um, ones like Verve Super, Future Super and Australian Ethical are um, some of the big ones in Australia. I ended up moving to Australian Ethical um, I really appreciated them. My accountant gave me the thumbs up on it because their performance is is still um, quite good. And um, they also offer both super and like retirement funds and ethical managed funds. So, of course, you're asking what are managed funds? Now, if you just buy a share, um, like in a company or a stock in a company, you're buying one share in one business. Now with like index funds, managed funds, they work in a similar-ish way, except you're buying more of a burrito, which has a lot of different ingredients, um, which reduces a lot of your risk. Um, so instead of um, you just buying in one company, you're buying like mini, like you're buying a share in mini shares in a whole range of different companies. And um, you can get managed funds just on their own, or you can get managed, or you can get ethical funds. Index funds mean basically they haven't even chosen what goes in the burrito. It's just like the top 500 companies. So they're just like, yeah, cool. We're just like, we don't even, like, we don't care what's going in there. We'll just pop the top 500 in there. Nice. Um, managed funds, there's like a person going, hmm. Now what we'll do is just this. So um, yeah, either one's got its benefits. So the low cost index fund, like index funds is just, they just buy shares in all public, publicly traded companies. That's preferred by lots of investors and people who follow the um, FIRE, which is financial independence retire early. You can also get ethical index funds as well. And they have lower cost fees, which is really important. Um, managed funds is they're chosen by fund managers. And so they've got slightly higher fees because there's a person attached to it. Like there is, there's a company attached instead of it being more of an automatic process. Um, you can also choose like more balanced options that are more risk adverse. When it, go, when it comes to like Australian ethical, it's like I, I choose um like it gives you like kind of the risk rating and also the kinds of returns because the returns you can get are higher if you're more comfortable with the fact that it may uh, fluctuate over the years more dramatically but if you're somebody who is very low risk and you don't like you need you might need to access the funds ASAP um, and you need it to be exactly what it was then you might need to look at some of like their lower um, risk options that will have a slower growth process. So um, for me, I choose ethical managed funds instead of just index funds because I'm lazy. I started with the ethical managed funds and now I can't be fucked moving. Um, choosing the ethical is important to me. I haven't yet found an ethical low-cost index fund that works for me. Um, and I've been getting like some really good returns on Australian ethical. So I'm happy with that. So um, if you're like kind of freaking out right now, like, oh God, 
what does that all mean? Because there's a lot of words. I get it. I get it. We can talk some more um, at the end of this call about this. Just remember, like, it's just like buying a like a, a share just in a normal company, but you're getting to do it in a bunch of different companies. And I like that because, like, I have I personally have invested like shares in one company and they feel really pissed when they go under or they just like perform really badly. Whereas with the managed funds, you tend to have, like I find you tend to do like have a bit more of a growth, like just a fairly steady growth pattern because they you like the others average, the, the, all the different companies that average themselves out, which is nice, which is nice. And also it takes away like the, like, oh God, what stock am I going to invest in? Um, because it was too much, too much for me. Um, it's too stressful. I don't have brains like that. Okay. So, um, retirement goals, because people are always interested in this. Um, I was planning, like, I, like I had this goal to like be able to retire by 45. Um, I'm 41 at the moment. And then I like reached that goal and like I knew that I was like on track. So then it went down, went down to 44 and then went down to 43. And then I realized like, oh, it's actually just not a helpful goal for me because I actually don't really want to retire. I really like what I do. Um, and I still want to be doing something in my own way. So um, my retirement ideas basically is to like just be this eccentric creative auntie mentor. Actually, these glasses, I think, sum up my, my retirement goals quite nicely. Yes, yes. Um, I think it'd be really cute of me to also be doing like more hand-drawn kind of like illustrated travelogues. I think that'd be so fucking cute of me. Um, just doing like creative, kooky creative side projects with a little regard to commercial possibilities and maybe serving on boards or doing launches just to donate it all to charity. That would also be super fucking fun. So I don't really have a timeline on that. Um, but because it was just like, I was head fucking myself over it. Um, because when the reality is I don't really want to retire, I just want to keep doing what I'm doing just in different ways. So my next financial goal is to have enough sitting in ethical managed funds that I can live off the dividends. If you're not sure what a dividend is, it basically means like um, every year or every six months, if your stock has like increased Oh no, that's not what it means. Yeah, okay. If you're, if you're, no, what it means is, <laughs> see, fucking multimillionaire, and I still get shit wrong, guys. It's totally fine. It's totally fine. You don't need to know everything. You don't even need to be good, born good with money. I wasn't born good with money. I just learn as I go. <laughs> um, what it means is like if the company like creates cash, that like creates extra profit that is then given out to its shareholders. It's sort of like, you know, when you win the lotto, but it's only a little portion of it. Anyway, so you get these dividends of like whatever profit um, compared to the amount of shares that you own. And so you can live off the dividends. Uh, at the moment, I have like every time the dividends are paid, what I get them to do is just like reinvest the profits back the reinvest the dividends back into more shares because I don't want to live off it yet. And so I just want to have more shares there. So it's super fun. So why would I want to have that goal? I think it's really nice insurance. 
In case of illness or disability, I really like the idea of being able to financially look after my family, gives us more freedom to do other things as well, and be able to do even more contributions to philanthropy. And also just because I fucking can. It's really fun just to do things because I fucking can. Um, And, you know, for me, I don't, I, I didn't grow up in it, like in a wealthy family at all. Like I grew up, uh, my parents were farmers and there's enormous blessings on that situation, but it's very, very up and down. And I've talked publicly about the, the prayers that I used to make as I, when I was a kid, you know, I remember just saying over and over and over again, like, please, please, please don't let my, my parents go bankrupt please stop the cattle rustlers from stealing more cattle. Um, Please don't let anyone in my family die. Please don't let my parents get divorced. Like those were the big four stresses like that was looming over my life. Um, And you like, I couldn't stop any of that happening. You know, my parents did get divorced eventually and it decimated my family. Um, My brother died in a farming accident when I was a teenager. Um, The cattle rustlers, if you don't know what that that word means, it means people who steal cattle professionally, basically. (laughs) Um, They continued to to steal cattle until my parents had to sell the property um, that they were on. Um, And that those neighbours, um, one of them is now in prison um, for murdering the family, the the farming family that was next door. He he was ended up becoming a mass murderer. Like it's some fucked up shit when I look back. And my parents never went bankrupt, thankfully, but it was always just on the brink of financial devastation in some way or another. Like my family, like my childhood was very full of, I was very aware of the financial stress. And I don't want to replicate that level of drama in my life. I want to create stability and I want to create good things and blessings for myself, my children, my husband, and for my community and for the world. And so um, I'm very happy to have learned how to a little bit play the game of money to get to a point where it's reaching our goals and giving us the lifestyle that we want while still staying true to our values um, because it means I get to break a whole bunch of ancestral lines as well. So I just want you to know that even if you didn't grow up in money, you absolutely still can change and um, make a financial situation that you uh, that is peaceful and that you feel very proud of. So how much do you actually need in order to be able to retire? Um, now, if you want to retire early, a lot of people say it's to like live off 4% per year of your investments or have 40, 25 times your annual um, spendings invested. It doesn't need to be the income. Uh, it's your annual, like how much it costs for you to live. Now, that is if you want to live permanently off that and not ever um, like reduce that amount. 
Um, so people in the FIRE movement often aim for at least a million dollars invested if they can live off $40,000 per year. Um, and of course, that would have to go up with cost of living and that kind of stuff. Uh, and your main residence doesn't count as an investment because it doesn't generate money. Now, that that's just one way of looking at it because um, you can, like, there's different ways that you can do it. You can have income streams that are more passive income streams that continue to bring you money. Um, you also, like, I have a spreadsheet that dictates out when I can draw from our retirement funds because my husband and I have our money invested in our retirement funds and at what age we can pull from that and that kind of stuff and and also like I don't necessarily think I have to like pass I don't necessarily think I have to pass generational wealth down when I when I die um so I'm not as at, currently I'm not as invested in like making sure that there's excess left over when I'm gone okay um, let's talk about some company structures as well. Um, so a lot of companies are set up like this is where you have a trading company that holds all the cash. Customers buy from the trading company um, and then um, we that we have two owners in our company. That's me and my husband. And we get paid salaries and dividends. And now we've moved into a slightly more complex structure. This is not something that you need to do until like, you know, right at the beginning of your company at all. In fact, you don't even need a trading company to begin. A lot of people start with a solo business, like just a trading business. And then after about a hundred grand a year, they start looking at a trading company instead. Um, now, and then we've kind of like gone up another level from, from that. So we have a trading company um, that pays our salaries and dividends um, and then we also have a holding company or trust that like extra cash sits in the holding company and then that gets invested in ethical managed funds. And then that pays us, eventually it becomes like a trust that will pay us money from our investments to fund our retirement as well. So I just wanted to give you a, like, this is not something you need to be potentially looking at right now until you're at that level and then you work with your accountant to work out what the right mix is for you. I just wanted to give you a little heads up so you know, like, oh, okay, this is what people um, of like high net worth start looking at doing. So money goals tracking. I have a little spreadsheet that gets updated on the first of every single month. Um, and I look at my net worth and how much it's increased by, sometimes it's decreased, and then I measure it up against my retirement goal to see whether I'm on track with it as well. And it's really fucking fun. So I really recommend doing that. Um, and then I have my little thing of like retire by 45 and I color it green whenever I achieve that. I ended up achieving like all of that way in advance so that all got colored green. And then I created a new one just for lols um, to like increase my goal even more. All right, let's talk about philanthropy. And yes, I will talk about exact net worth um, very, very shortly. So um, pre-2019, what I did with my, like how I donated was basically it went to a whole bunch of fucking places, um, including Pencils of Promise, Room to Read, Kiva, World Vision, Red Cross, um, the Wildlife Fund, all that kind of stuff. Um, absolute shit ton of different ones. 
Um, and there was also, oh, one of the 2019, yeah, one of the big one was um, I was supporting a um, an orphanage in Kenya and ended up donating, I think it was over $45,000 to them. Um, and then I started learning more about one, orphanages have are problematic in their own way. Um, and also it was when um, the fires happened in Australia and um, that was when I realised, like, I really wanted to donate um, the vast majority into one fund for the climate crisis. So that started getting moved into the Australian Wildlife Conservancy and then I ended up moving it into so that it got kind of portioned instead. So 20 grand would go to the climate crisis. Um, so like Friends of the Earth and Australian Conservation Foundation for more of the advocacy work, which is like that's when they talk to government to try and change legislation and stuff like that. And then um, half of it was going to direct action organisations like Bush Heritage Australia and Australian Wildlife Conservancy, and they um, do more on-the-ground stuff um, where, um, so for example, last last week, um, Bush Heritage Australia put a call out and they were looking to purchase their largest land reserve yet. It's currently used as farming land. Um, they And the owners had decided that they would like to um, sell and sell it to a conservation agency instead. So they had the opportunity to buy it. So for 24 hours, we donated 100% of our revenue, not our profit, 100% of our revenue to that. And it was like, ended up being over $8,000 and that's just going to help them purchase that land for wildlife and to um, restore it and have these um, little pockets of nature conservation, which is really important to me and I think is a really big part of the climate solution. Um, and then we also have an extra part of like where needs arise. So minus 18, which is a queer um, LGBTQIA plus um, support group for teenagers in Queensland. Um, we have a local First Nations organisation called SEVGEN, S-E-V-G-E-N. Um, they are making a bush tucker or um, orchid, orchard, orchard. It's orchard, not orchid, right? Orchid's the flower, mm, whatever. It's got fucking trees, guys. Anyway, they needed some help to buy um, some um some pruning equipment for their farm and to um, a freeze dry freeze dry machine so they could start producing like the bush tucker and selling it um and so we were able to fund that which is super fucking cool i love being able to just donate to the places that need it and so currently we have donated over $170,000 to a charity and i'm excited to see that keep growing and growing now, in terms of my current net worth, um, I'm now uh, just over $5 million, which is super fun. So my next financial goal is I want to have more cash in ethical managed funds. I want to continue prioritizing my health, continue prioritizing our family, and just create and share and help however I feel caught.
Now, if you want more money training, please, please, please do check out Money Manifesting and Multiple Streams of Income. That's at leonidawson.com forward slash money. And that's four weeks to help you get your money sorted and to really like look at where your money's at right now, how you can spend less and save more and invest more. Uh, and it goes into even more detail with step-by-step -step homework and instructions. And I just want you to be aware as well is that you can get um, my money course along with every single one of my other courses in my academy. Okay, so my academy is where I pile absolutely every single thing in there to help you. Um, that is uh, to, to help you grow your business if you have one, if you don't have a business, start or create um, multiple streams of income. Um, and it, I put all of my courses, all my programs, everything in there to help you create a awesome life and an awesome business at a really, really affordable price. There's eight and a half thousand dollars worth of my courses and workshops and everything in there. So sales staff, 40 days to create and sell your e-course, money manifesting on multiple streams of income, 40 days to a finished book if you've ever wanted to write a book, marketing without social media, work less, earn more, get organized, Midas Touch, how to hire and manage a VA, burnout, uh, how to deal with trolls and criticism in your business, cash crunch, how to make money and save money even when times are tough, how to find the perfect accountant for you and your business, uh, monthly group coaching calls as well. Uh, and then you also get all of my books. So you get my goals workbooks, my to-do list planners, my weekly planner, my erotic romance novella, my Christmas planner. And you also get every single month we bring out a new workshop. So set up your website that sells, decide your pricing and set up payments, set up your mailing list, master tech for business success, how to decide what business to do, create a lead magnet, create a newsletter, a two-page marketing plan, sane and profitable social media marketing, plan your 2024 business success. Next year, we've got how to create digital art, how to create incredible customer service, money management for your business, how to grow your business with launches, how to grow, start and grow a membership program, how to win awards. Every single one of these is an hour-long workshop that I teach live. So how to grow your business with testimonials, how to grow your business with networking, graphic design for your business, how to grow your business with affiliates, how to create business systems, doing an annual business review. Then you get uh, business trackers, planners, and spreadsheets every single month as well, like yearly business growth tracker, monthly and financial goals tracker, annual marketing calendar, launch result tracker, financial goals tracker, weekly content planner, a monthly business goals plan, a weekly business planner, lead magnet and webinar success tracker, affiliate link tracker, content library planner, 52 newsletter content ideas, customer service email templates, flash sale email templates, launch success checklist, morning routine template, live stream content ideas, email templates to get testimonials, 100 social media content ideas, new customer email templates, affiliate onboarding email templates, daily essential business task templates, and standard operating procedure templates as well. And then we also have every single month, we have one or two guest experts come in and teach their own workshop in their own, um, you know, brilliant experience levels. Um, so we have people on 
just the most incredible people. We have two every single um, month coming out next year. You get all of these for free with your Academy membership. So we've got about 5,000 members in our Academy. Um, and the thing that we discover is that with our membership, people who are in the membership, now they've got it, like they are keeping it forever forever because they get so much value out of it and it just helps them in every single area of their life from their money to their business to their creativity to every like to their self-care all of that so um I really do just try and make it like the the no the easiest no-brainer decision of your life to be able to grab the academy there's just so much in there um, and it makes it can make such an enormous difference um, Vicky says, how long have you had the Academy? So I started the Academy in 2010. Um, I ran it for nine years. Um, and then I took a sabbatical for a few years. I started it back up, um, over a year ago, 14 months ago. And so we've got 5,000 members in the last, um, just in the last year. Um, and we've, we just know historically people get, um, yeah, like 80% of people in my last academy renewed. In this academy, we've now got like it's all brand new content. In this academy, it's all like uh, brand new courses and stuff like that. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Melly Hart says, how would you recommend finding a good accountant who's supportive of women's financial goals in Australia? So I have, I have, um, I workshop for you with a little spreadsheet called how to find your perfect accountant uh, in the academy. So um, that's really useful. And it's really important to me as well. Like I just had to go through another like accountant rehiring process and I was looking for places that were like majority women run and um, and making sure that I ended up with a female accountant. <laughs> I do like they do work in partnership and I do have one male accountant, um, but I'll just make him really uncomfortable. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um okay i just joined last week it's so wonderful i've been promoted to my folks and already made two affiliate sales so i've paid my membership already amazing amazing and that's the thing right is with the academy so many people fucking love the academy that i'm like oh guys just if you share about it with people and share how much you love it just use this link and then I can pay you 50% of every course membership that comes through. Um, and so consequently, you know, we send out, I, I've sent out over $700,000 to people over the years um, to thank them for sharing about the Academy. And I don't really use Facebook ads. Sometimes you might see them pop up, but it's like very, very rare that we actually spend any money on Facebook ads at all. Um, because I would much rather like, just pay people who are already in the academy and who fucking love it and pay small business owners who are women. That'd be so fucking cool than paying Zuckerberg, right? The other thing with um, the affiliates for the academy is that it's a recurring payment. So um, if you, for everyone who signs up today, say in a year's time when their membership is up for renewal and they renew again, you get paid again. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucking great. Like last month we sent out a shit ton of money and people hadn't done shit. And it was just like, thank you money for last year, for the five seconds of work you did last year. And people were like, sweet, Christmas is taken care of. Um, 
Sharon says, I don't understand coaches who charge two grand discounted price for feminine energy. What the fuck does that mean? Yeah, I don't understand either. I, I don't have that. So, uh. okay. Oh, good question from Julie up above. Did I? I couldn't find it. Um, Kathy says, I'm in New Zealand. Does the content that looks sounds amazing crossover to New Zealand? Absolutely. Um, also, the vast majority of my internet, it, my audience is international, so we do cater to the international audiences. Um, and I can't wait to use the write your book in 40 days course. I have a book deal. Holy shit, right? But I'm really struggling to write the actual fucking thing. Goddamn ADHD. Got you, feel you, both ADHD here. So we know all of the tricks. The course is going to help you so well. And congratulations on your book deal. It's fucking amazing. I can't wait to read your book. All right. I need to go and be a parent. I love you all. If you have any questions at all, email us, support at leonidawson.com, DM us, um, all that kind of stuff.